Hello there. How are you getting on? Still maintaining social distance? Welcome to episode three of the Kevin Doherty podcast. In this episode, I sat down with my good friend Nigel and wanted to get his perspective on some of the great quotes from throughout history. I hope you enjoy it. And thanks for listening. Morning, Nigel. Morning, Kev. How are you? I'm feeling pretty good. Yourself? All good, all good. Um, how are you feeling after going for a quick run with that weight vest on? <laughs> oh my God, it throws things into perspective. A 10 kg vest weight. Um, crazy. What a difference 10 yeah. kg does. Amazing. Again, as we were saying a while ago, uh, you've been what, probably what, 16, 17 heavier than me at the time we were doing the runs. Even mm. I didn't touch more. I really, sh- yeah, top hats off to you, Kev, for doing <laughs> that run. Like, it's wow. So come on, Kev. Jesus, give her slack and give. Come on, Kev. So it's, wow. But it's crazy the wow. difference, isn't it? It's insane. It really, really is. Uh, yeah, it'd be great for training. I could imagine John using that. Um, the two of us went out for a run in the local park this morning, and the rain was so heavy in Dublin that we just had to. Basically had to call the run short. <laughs> oh yeah, the past <laughs> flooded. And then uh, we, river. we turned around and there was another runner coming towards us. And we were like, here, there's no luck getting past that river. But uh, it's nearly like, you know, if somebody says like, oh, the ATM's broke. You're like, bullshit, I'll fucking get it. I'll <laughs> use that ATM, you yeah. just can't use the ATM. Yeah, yeah, Your yeah. man ran up, looked, and then turned around and <laughs> ran away as well. Yeah. Crazy stuff. I thought he was going to go through yeah, <coughs> it was it was a little mini river it's cool um yeah i suppose this morning initially being honest we were going to talk about something else but i i didn't prepare yeah. so instead yeah. what i'm gonna do mm-hmm. is fire a few quotes at you it's gonna be fun do you like a quote Nigel? are you a fan of a quote i absolutely am yeah i love a quote yeah 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 so much to take from what do you like about quotes um just the two simple words and what I can open up in your mind the the amount of thinking that you can give to it I suppose like and just the learnings you can get from it um, I just love old quotes you know, 100 years old and yet are so meaningful and purposeful I suppose and, and yeah, now, yeah. You know. so yeah yeah. again good quote is a good quote you know there's some great quotes yeah, out there that's, that's <laughs> don't, one a, don't, Nigel. A, don't ask me about any any ones I know but yeah yeah Okay, we'll we'll just jump into it. What's your favorite quote first? Could you say what your favorite favorite quote of yours is? Who knows? It might be on this page. Mm, all right, let's go for it. Okay, this one is from Jim Carrey. Oh, okay. So it's not one of the the old ones, but mm, mm. Jim Carrey. That sorry, the actor. The actor Jim yes, Carrey. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Right. Okay. What do you think of this one? So uh, again, all I want you to do is. Off the bat, straight away, kind of. Think about it, and okay. like, what does it mean to you? Mm-hmm. What do you think it means? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. So many of us choose fear. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll go one more time. Because <laughs> I didn't understand it. That's why, that's why I'm trying to repeat it. Yeah, I know yeah, what you mean. Yeah, okay, yeah. Listen, listen closely. Mm-hmm. <coughs> So many of us choose our path out of fear, disguised as practicality. Oh yeah, so we say like, "Oh, this is 
I, I do this because it's because it's the easiest way but really it's because we're fearful of that no I have sorry I do understand but I can't yeah. put it into words so maybe it's kind of like I don't know let's say if you take uh, a person's career mm-hmm. for instance or even <coughs> go back to even before you actually go into a career like if you look at maybe a lot of people in Ireland um what do a lot of people study? A lot of people study maybe accountancy. Mm. And I'm not shitting on accountancy. Mm, mm. But I wonder how many of those people who went into accountancy are genuinely passionate about it. And they're like, I fucking love numbers. Yeah, yeah, so little. But the older generation and people around you and the point system are like, this is a prestigious job. Mm-hmm. This is a safe job. Mm-hmm. This is a job you can do for 40 years and get a good pension. Mm-hmm. And people go into that line of work saying that it's a steady job. Mm, mm. The practicality of it. Mm, yes. But really, it's masking maybe a deeper fear that they didn't just risk it all for something. Yeah. Yeah. And you can apply that to so many different yeah, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jim Carrey said that. Cool. Yeah, it's a good mm. one. Mm, no, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's so true, yeah. So many people choose the safe path. Mm. The, yeah, the most practical path, yeah. Going against her true passions in life you know can you think of any examples yourself um of actual people i know that have done that (laughs) does it bring anything to mind uh i notice your body language is quite defensive at the moment (laughs) 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 i uh, maybe a thought that comes into my head there is uh the amount of people that worked at over a thousand like and uh that is a again yeah well-paid job it's Mm. secure it's always going to be there probably but yeah so many people miserable inside there. Well, uh, it's probably a bit. Uh, I don't work there now. I suppose it's a bit unfair for me to say, but uh, I do hear a bit though. Yeah, there's high stress leave. People are constantly on stress leave. A lot. If it's a massive issue with sick leave, that's okay. de- definitely up there. Like, so you can just see people are miserable. But no, yeah, I say there's a huge. I would imagine there's a huge portion of people are miserable in that job. Do you know, um, it's a demanding job, but again, yeah, it's 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 safe. It's 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 mm. a practical way to go about things like. But and it's as well if you go back to nearly the education system. The education system doesn't necessarily teach you how to think about what you want to do. It teaches you how to get a job. It just yeah it guides you down this narrow path, and it puts fucking square pegs into round holes. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Essentially. Yeah, it's a good way of. Uh, and like you can look at a career, but you can look at it with so many things. Mm. Like. How many people back in the day were like, and I'm going to move to Oz as soon as I get to next year. And it was always next year mm-hmm. and next year. And then they got jobs. And it's like, oh, no, man. You know, mm-hmm. Now I'm saving to get the house. Because mm-hmm. it's, again, at the time when maybe you're approaching 30, it's it feels like the right thing to do because everybody's like, I had a house when I was 25. Yeah. I had a house when I was 23. Yeah. And you're like, it's it's nearly like sometimes you don't take the time to pause and think is that is that what I really want? Mm, 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 Makes mm. sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we definitely hide away from that. From what do I really want? Yeah, I mm. do it. I don't give enough kind of thought to my. Yeah, I'm not in tune. I suppose maybe so much. But as you said, so many people are are not in tune with their what they don't know what they really like because they don't allow themselves to to to, to I suppose give a bit of time to exploring what they really like in life like they just yeah i'm kind of off on a different tangent aren't we no, no but i uh, know yeah 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 
That's cool. It's a good, it's a good. I like that. I like that quote. Thumbs up. Yeah, it's a good quote. Yeah, yeah. I give it that one. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll move on. Mm-hmm. Who's this? This one is from George Bernard Shaw. Ready? Mm-hmm. We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. I think I've heard of that actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you just call it again? Sorry. Just yeah. Just we'll sorry, this could be a repetitive, right? Okay. We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old yeah. because we stop playing. Yeah, that's cool. I really like that. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. yeah. What does it mean to uh, you? <coughs> uh, people need to play more. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. Literally, like it's yeah. People grow old and stop playing because they stop playing. No. <laughs> Destroying that there, and I'm like, yeah. Basically, we we yeah uh, yeah. I suppose yeah. In a deeper way, yeah. We um we grow old because we stop enjoying the little things in life or the simple things in life. Maybe we get too serious, I suppose, and too bogged down with life yeah. necessities that we have to do. That we well, our social society tells us we have to do, like it's get the house. It's nearly like you you think you reach a certain age so you're like i have to stop being a child yeah that's nearly the thought process yeah. it's like be a man and what is a man a man is serious a man is he he does his work he tries to provide but then you nearly lose the fun of life and like that in itself grows you or makes you older i suppose yeah. and like you've met people who are 30 who seem 50 in their head mm, mm, yes yes and absolutely. it's scary when you meet them you're like wow mm, mm. So I think the lesson learned from there is play more. <laughs> well, no, but enjoy life. What sort of things do you enjoy? Like when you when you hear the word play, what what sort of thing comes come, come to mind for you? Um, just uh, just f- fun, thrill-seeking kind of things. Uh, adventure is a key word that would jump at me. Just 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 going out and being more adventurous, kind of explore more of the I suppose the world. I suppose like. Uh, like travel, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, or even travel in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah travel in Ireland, just uh, getting out into the wilderness and nature. I think that's uh, adventurous and fun, and yeah, and kind of enjoyed. also maybe n- taking on new things. Okay. Uh, kind of taking on new activities, like I like surfing. That I start started doing it because of yourself about two years ago. Like, um, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm no, no, no. <laughs> I like um, one thing that came to mind there when you were talking is like I think you've done some class things in the last 12 months in terms of like trips internally especially in Ireland. Mm, mm. Um could you talk briefly about uh the trip you took down like the river? Oh yes, yeah, sorry. I was like what are you on about? Um <laughs> <laughs> down the river. When the I, I, I when you first said it was like I was walking through a river. <laughs> you, were th- you were thinking like deliverance. You're like fuck that man. Squeal piggy. Um yeah, so there during the summer, early summer, I think it was like June, uh, me and the girlfriend said we'd uh, rent out two canoes and go on the River Barrow. I think, the, yeah, the River Barrow. I think, sorry, I'm yeah, I think that's right, yeah. Um, it's one of the three sister rivers, I think. Is that of the infamous North Shore in the Barrow? What's that? <laughs> Just three rivers. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The three, there's, the, there's three sisters, I think, isn't it? The three, there's the Shore, the Barrow, and I uh, don't know the other one. The Nore. Oh, sorry. You just all oh, right. The Nore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know that river. 
I've never, yeah. But yeah, so it was pretty cool. It was like a, a three-day kind of just one canoe between the two of us. You get two barrels, stuff, all your stuff in there, are kind of barrel stuff you tip over, they're dry barrels, no water can get into them, so you kind of keep the important stuff inside there. And uh, we just set off. Um, so we looked we looked into it. We're like, yeah, this, this is doable. Like, you know, we, we can park our car. Uh, the two canoes will be left there for us. You can rent them off a person that leaves them there for you. Get into your gear and take off. And we go down, three days down the river, and then we get picked up and brought back up to the car. But uh, we did look into it. We'd done a research into it. And we were told, all right, that there is canals. So, like, you come onto a lot of canals, and uh, you're going to have to get off the boat and just lift the boat up. Yeah and go over the canal to other barriers so they can open for boats to get through like but we had no access to that like you need a code and stuff like that um but yeah so like we went down we're like all right there's the first one right this is a, a bit strenuous having to get out and lift the boat up and so on we had to do like 18 of them that was what we didn't what? know oh yeah over the three days we've done at least 18 of them and like again it's like some of them were harder than others some of them like you only had to get out of the boat, lift the boat up, and walk 10 feet. Some of them you had to walk 40, 50, 60 feet, and like you had to boat, go back up, get all the gear, you had to do like multiple trips. And at start, I was like, oh, this is a bit silly. Like, but day one, I was like, oh, this is going to kill us. Like, and this is, oh, wasn't expecting this. But it became a mission. Then, like, we got, wait, no, we're halfway now. We have to get down because we, we have to get down. That's where our meeting point to get collected. Like, so there's no option. But it, it genuinely became incredibly enjoyable it was like we're halfway through we're getting this is amazing this is cool like so scenic so beautiful there was stretches of the river it was just no one around for, for most of it there was no one around but it was just complete wilderness just trees either side of the banks the river and we're just slowly gliding like you're not killing ourselves sometimes we did get stuck into it like with the orn but a lot of the time we were just gently orn it was magical it was beautiful and the weather was really good at the time um, which were kind of lucky because a lot of the other countries were really bad. It just worked out really, really well. We'd spot, stop off, pick our little random spot. There was no set areas for camping. Yeah. We'd camp up for the night, light up a little fire, and uh, <laughs> the first night, uh, completely against nature, we watched a Champions League match in the night, but <laughs> <laughs> the Champions League final, I was like, we have to see this. But it was so cool as well that we were in within reception, mm. we could watch it perfectly. It was amazing to be able to do that. Who was playing? Uh, Liverpool and Tottenham, yeah, at the final, yeah, yeah. So it was a great match to watch as well. It was a two 0 wasn't it? In the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. What were your feelings about winning that as a as a Liverpool supporter? Did you text the Canadians? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I should have. I didn't. Unfortunately, no, no. Uh, they probably thought of me when they won. After <laughs> uh, um, I think of it, it was, it was pretty good. It was cool. Uh, it was a little bit. Because it was against Tottenham, it wasn't as big of a win. <laughs> that makes That's sense. A serious this attack. It is, it is. But you know, it didn't feel like a Champions League final to me in a sense. There's a an LinkedIn of that definitely that it wasn't. Because you know, a Champions League final, you're usually playing some European joint or something like Barcelona. Ta- or in Tottenham, like I'm an Arsenal fan, but in Tottenham's defence, they hadn't fallen apart last season. Did last season did not follow no. apart, and they hadn't signed no one that yeah. summer as well. Like, so it was amazing what they did. It's not, not, um, it's not like Ferguson back in the day when he came <laughs> into the dressing room. You heard about that team talk? I think so. Yeah, one yeah. Of yeah. Ferguson's most famous team talks comes into the dressing room. It's again. It's against. Uh, it's against Spurs. Mm. He just goes, lads. It's Tottenham. Like, 
<laughs> and they went out and destroyed them. Cool, cool. Yeah. That's how much of a joke they used to be. But under Pochettino, yeah. they came up so much. Yeah, yeah. No, they've, they've done very well. Again, it was fascinating to get the Champions League final. But again, there's no hiding away from it. It didn't feel... Just... I remember the lead up to it was like, ah, do you know what's Tottenham like? But uh, listen, nonetheless, uh, it was an amazing win because the previous matches and how they got to it, and yeah, great to see Klopp win it as well. But yeah, it was cool and out in nature watching that match. It was so random, like doing that, like uh, great trip. I'd recommend it to anyone. Very safe and just uh, what an experience, what an adventure, yeah. what an adventure. I really, really enjoyed it. Mm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I'd probably, probably do it again this summer. I would imagine. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I was thinking about just. Another kind of escapade we had in nature last year. Uh, would you be able to talk a little bit about uh, Bally Croy? <laughs> Bally Croy. I've for- actually forgotten that name. Yeah. So uh, all year, me and Kev were, well, I didn't plan on this. Was, we said we were going to go camping. It was it? we'd go away for a three, four day camp session mm-hmm. out in the wilderness. And uh, I decided to go to the most, technically, the, it is the most remote area in Ireland. And they kind of judged that by... Uh, no roads the furthest yeah there's a point within that Ballycroy national park that yeah it's like, it's like seven kilometers from a road and that's the most remote part in ireland uh Ballycroy national park up in county mayo it's just a mountainous hidden gem though a hidden gem hidden gem yeah yeah really was but uh i've done a bit of camping and so on and so on like but i know my few bits and bobs i have a lot of the gear but Fuck me, because we're going away for so long. It was it was your idea to go for so long. I was like, Kev, three nights. That's I know, yeah, but I'm always a man of extremes. Yeah, <laughs> I remember saying, oh, that's that's a lot of stuff we need to bring, but completely brought too much stuff. So we did. A oh ha- God, yeah. We went. We did. We went on a Monday morning to it because we had a week off. But we did a half marathon on the Sunday, so the energy levels weren't probably amazing. They weren't optimal. I, I nearly weren't. broke my foot. Yes, yes. You had a limp proper limp like you we, we had to stop and get sticks God. in uh longford <laughs> you had to get sticks yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> two walking sticks so yeah i overpacked um too much gear but it worked out well because there was a bit of uncertainty of that's wi- not we didn't bring heroin <laughs> there was a bit of uncertainty of what way to approach it was a mountainous region wasn't it and i was like oh kev there's a lake three quarters of the way up this mountain if we can get up there it would just be magical to stay up to spend three days up there, four day, or three days up there. Was it three nights, four days? Was it? Uh, That's, think, that was the I plan. I think initially we were going to do three nights. Yeah. We ended up packing it in after two. Two two nights, three days. Yeah, we packed it in, yeah. So, yeah, there was a bit of uncertainty of which way to approach it. There was a few different options to go. But uh, I went one that would get us closest to where we wanted to get to, I suppose. Um, and that worked out very well, didn't it? A bit of, like... Again, a bit of luck because there was certain gates open, old fire roads leading up to it that shouldn't have been opened, that war open. Can you uh, tell us about the landowner? So, we, we the final gate that we're on certain will be open. If this gate was open, it was like, this is going to bring us so far up and it's going to be perfectly, it's going to be just, it's going to be game changing. And uh, we come to the gate and it's open, we're like, yes, we can see there's a farm off in the distance. And I'm take and then we, I stop to make a phone call because I know we're going in here. Reception's gone now, so I'm just make one final call, phone call to someone, and uh, make the phone call. Waiting there for talk about five minutes, and in that five minutes, a fucking car. The, the the farmer comes along in his jeep, but he's sound. He ends up being really nice. Well, <laughs> well, actually, sorry. Yeah, I go. I initially go over to him, be super friendly to him, explain what we're going doing, and uh, is he okay with it? Drunk, using his 
land to get through the right of access, I suppose. He was amazing. He was like, yeah, no bother, lads. Work away. Enjoy it. It's just the two of you going up there, is it? Yeah. He's like, yeah, cool, cool. So we on we go up the fire road, and we come to the end of this where we have to park the car. So I park, park the car, and it's like, I'm packing stuff, getting ready, super excited. Buzzing. So buzzing. Look over our shoulder. There's the farmer again coming back up with, with another man. An old man, wasn't he? An old English. An English chap. He basically owned the lakes that we wanted to get to three quarters of the way up. He owned them lakes. Mm-hmm. It was two lakes beside each other. And uh, he, he, him and a lot of other, some group owned it. And uh, there was fish in there. We wanted to go fishing there. like. But the farmer told him, there's two lads going up to that lake fishing. They were t- and, and I also explained to the farmer that we got, we were told by like Sligo, I don't know what the group was called. That they, they were basically, I rang up a Sligo place. Sligo Fisheries or something. Yeah, exactly. They did. I rang up that group and was like, yeah, you can fish away. Yeah, it looks grand. Yeah, it's owned right by someone. But no, no, people fish that. It's perfectly grand. And I explained that to the farmer when I originally met him. And then he went off, and coincidentally, he was around in the area. He doesn't. He's from Dublin, like the, the landowner. And he goes, "There's two lads there. They have to get information that you can fish that that river or that lake." He's like, "Oh, bring me up to them. We'll have he a work. grasped you up in seconds." Yeah, he did. He did. He did. He did. Absolutely. Yeah. But I know an English man come up anyway. But it ended up working out okay. But a bit of a lick arson and a, <laughs> a bit of a um, just yeah, we came across really nice to him. We explained what we were going doing, and we, we kind of had to grovel a little bit. We grovel a bit. I remember your reaction afterwards when he went away. So he went away and was like, "Listen, lads, I, I give you permission. Basically, I give you permission to use this land. So okay, I can see you're nice lads. Oh, you were disgusted when you were saying what? Does, what do I you can see you're nice, good little baddies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good little baddies. Yeah. What did you say afterwards? No, when no. Like uh, he drove off, mm. and uh, I just looked at you, mm. and then you were like. Jeez, man, the lads who signed the proclamation be disgusted with us today. <laughs> Turning in the graves. Turning in the graves. Like, bound to an Englishman for Irish land, or for the right to use a bit of Irish land. Like, yeah. But, jeez, uh, it, tr- it was a tough trek up. So, yeah, we get out. The car brings us so far, and then we have to slug a load of weight. <coughs> Kev's limping, and uh, we had to travel up. It took us, in the end, about an hour and a half. Um, but it was a short distance, like, and it took us an hour and a half. Like, but there was no trail. We just went off trail. Oh, yes. See, that was it. So this route was, all right, like, it's a super close, but, yeah, there's no trail. Then it's kind of go through sh- a shitty forest. There wasn't, it was like Christmas trees, whatever they're called, just in Christmas trees, and it's just, there was no path, and we had to just guide our way through and hope for the best, kind of, like, um, it worked out well, but it could have went really wrong. Just which, uh, our mission was to find the lakes, like we wanted to find the lakes, and uh, and and also the the trek up to the forest. None of that was campable, was it? It was just all uneven surfaces. No. It was, was Lyme disease country. E- exactly, it was Lyme disease. We needed. I was wearing shorts. <laughs> that was a bad call on me. I should have definitely told you not to wear shorts. Like I knew you don't wear shorts. Like that was yeah, you know yeah. Didn't get Lyme disease anyway, so well you could have it. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could have it. But yeah, we trek up an hour and a half. But what a feeling when we found them lakes, when we seen them lakes. Do you <sighs> remember we got through the stupid, dense forest where we were pushing our way through bushes, basically. And when you get out into the open, we still can't see the lakes, but we can see the top of the mountain. So we know like that's the top of the mountain. The lakes are beside, we're, we're here, like we're, we're on the right path. I just remember that feeling of, of, of getting to the lakes, just going, yes, we're here. It's like, a real dopamine hit. You're like, yeah, ah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The area was lovely, but uh, again, a learning lesson from that was uh, never going to like somewhere like that in the summer. Oh. 
but it, that that is another golden rule Kelv. it's like the best time to go camping a lot of people would say is, is winter so like it's, it's the dead of winter like the dead of winter yeah yeah because uh you can burn fires then like it's, it's 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 purposeful to burn fires it's always nice to have a good fire and so on like but uh i think you can just work with the land the best in the winter as opposed to summer you're just full of midgets full of flies and that does ruin it doesn't it? like you can't just be like the I each will, destroyed. Yeah, you are yeah destroyed. yeah yeah you did actually yeah 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 um yeah we so we spent like two nights up there the once the once the weather turned yeah, the clouds it just came got in. grim yeah i think we watched Four Dave Chappelle's in the tent. Really in tune with nature. Exactly, yeah. Mm. And then, the like the last morning, we were just like, we were watching our episode. Let's just go. <laughs> let's yeah, just, let's just struggle down. The tent was just shaking from the wind and the clouds and the rain. Um, I still, yeah, I st- it was a bit scary actually. Once it was like, oh god, how bad is this going to come in? Like, you know, like what's what's the story with it? Like, but uh, beautiful. and I could barely walk. Mm, yeah, yeah. Actually, the trek back down then. We got lost. We got, oh, yeah. we got lost from each other. Because Nigel stupidly says, Kev, stay here. I think the road is this way. I'll go look for the road. So I goes, walk in a straight line. And I like uh, the way you do an impersonation of your voice. And it's not your voice. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk in a straight line, find the road that we were looking for for a solid hour through this dense, stupid forest. And um, I goes, right, amazing. Kev's back up that way. I go back up to him. Walk in a straight line back up. Or so I thought completely lost Kev I was screaming Kev for a solid five minutes Kev and I was like wait no how far have I gone from him like I couldn't have gone that drastically off no response back from you like for ages I was wrong ages and ages and ages. I was like do I go left do I go right so which way do I go here like if I go that way it could be going further away from him I was like oh there was definite fear there I was like if I lose Kevin like this is going to be this is going to be a disaster beyond words like but eventually you responded back. Eventually I yeah, you heard my voice and uh, we found each other. Um then I got the car stuck then. Eventually we got found the road. <laughs> I went down to get the car, drove up and you know, a real forest road, like and uh, not even a road barely. And uh I had to try to instead of reversing back down the road to a wider gap, I said, No, I'll turn it here. Got the fucking car stuck. The van should have said stuck. It was so funny. It was like in our heads we were like, you know, freedom. Like, mm. like once we f- once we yeah. found the road, it was the equivalent of the end of Shawshank, crawling yeah. through a couple of miles of shit in a pipe and coming out clean. And then we nearly got stuck in the fucking pipe with our foot. We were just <laughs> like, fuck our lives today. Well, I again, I got an awful dose of fear there. Um, I love that. Do you know what I mean? You say like, you're not. Kev rang me there about two weeks ago asking how to put air into a tyre and uh, that sure did I didn't have to spark because like, Kev can change the wheel of a tyre which I think you probably can but you never have but like you there helped me I had no idea I was I was panicking I was, there was a sense of panic when I got the car stuck like you're at night do this do this turn the wheel this way boom you get out get out I think that was impressive about you like it was it was pretty good like you know some of your some good man skills there Kev Thank you. Again, I panic. Spatial awareness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's another one for you. This one's from Albert Einstein. Ooh. Stay away from negative people. They have a problem for every solution. They have a problem for every solution. Yeah. What comes to mind? Uh, lack of optimism there. Do you know, from, from them types of people. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of people out there, isn't there, that just give out about anything. 
the, 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 yeah, they can't they struggle to see the take the take yeah see good things from the little things I suppose if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's a good quote. I like the quote. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How have you dealt with negative people in the past? Has there uh, has there been people in your life that you've felt nearly a negative a negative nearly energy around them, and once you got away, you nearly had a bit more perspective. Um, I think for some reason I I, was, I think I've drawn a lot of negative people around me sometimes in life. I think I I for some reason I think I yeah I can kind of draw negative people for some reason. I don't know what it is. I think I kind of thanks man. Uh, <laughs> no, okay, fair not you, but um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I've drawn a lot of negative people around in my life. Uh, what what was your question? <laughs> like let's say in the past, because I know. There has been negative people around you. Mm-hmm. Have you nearly felt a relief once you were away, or you had a little bit more of an enhanced perspective? Yeah. Because, like, li- like, let's say my my thought on d- nearly people, like, let's say if you're talking about different energies, there are people when you're around them, they nearly charge you up, and then there are other people you come away from and you're just drained, mm-hmm. nearly like a battery. Mm. I think when you like for me like i've been around people like that and you don't notice that though you don't realize that you don't i didn't have the not the intelligence but i just didn't have the awareness of that like that jesus this, this is what's going on here in front of me like cause you just and that's what i mean it's like what i'm asking is like when you came away from them mm. what was the perspective on the relationship if that makes sense and the relationship yeah um again i'm pretty bad at answering these type of questions i think sometimes but uh just uh it was kind of shocking or kind of like uh wow you know that's 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 what was going on there like uh, and i didn't realize that was going on like i remember kind of just analyzing this i was like yeah that's that was what was going on and 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 how how detrimental it was to me or yeah how much it was damaging me i suppose in a sense like yeah yeah um one thing as well about being at least exposed to negative people and maybe creating a bit of distance is that at least now you have nearly the basic information of how that relationship would work. So when you see it again, you can nearly spot it quicker. Actually, do you know that's a solid point, man? Um, I definitely have noticed that mm. since then. Actually, that's a really, really, really that. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely noticed that. Again, I haven't thought of that. I noticed it. No, I have noticed that. Yeah, but I can it's spot like it more. It's mm. like, how can you notice it unless you've experienced it? Mm. So neg- yeah, 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 yeah. Negative people, man. They, they, they. They're 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 sick people. They're as in they're, they're 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 mentally just not right. Like they're 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 just well, there's just something not r- wrong. There's something wrong there. Like you know I mean, there's just just they're they're they need help. Yeah. They need help. They absolutely they're their own worst enemy. Like you know, absolutely. I feel so bad for them. I feel sorry for them. It's a hard life being negative. Like isn't it? It's, it's a hard life. Fucking is. Yeah, it fucking is. Listen, we we all have negative traits. Like I I can be very negative at times as well. Like, but um. Yeah, it's good. Good point. What you said there, man. Yeah, that I I can notice that more yeah. now when people after being around people like that. Yeah, and yeah. even just how you feel after being around them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Whether yeah. you feel energized or just fuck me, like that was a mm. that half an hour felt like four hours. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. To all the negative people out there working yourselves. <laughs> doing his next positivity mindset seminar in Limerick next weekend. <laughs> okay. Here's one from Anonymous. Anonymous has a lot of great quotes attributed to him. Who? Anonymous. 
Anonymous. They just don't, no one does no one to them. Oh, yeah, yeah, they don't know. Who they don't know who wrote it. Cool, cool, cool. When writing the story of your own life, don't let somebody else hold the pen. Mm. What's your thoughts on that one? I understand that one. Yeah, of course, it's simple enough. One like, but um, I suppose again, it kind of comes back to me for like how society wants you to live and like society and like culture like if you take the context of ireland the culture and the social structure has nearly a certain way where you should have this at this age you should go into a certain role at this age these sort of activities are not for a person of your age you know there's nearly a a, a clear structure that's almost based on the previous generation's idea of life. Mm. And like back for our parents and our parents' parents, it was more nearly about surviving and creating a good life. Whereas we're nearly blessed with more abundance. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have more options. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah but again, yeah. I think it's, it, it very much comes back to live your own life and try not to care about what people on the outside think of you Do you know it, it comes back to authenticity for me like we all we all care about what other people think of us absolutely absolutely 100 i care deeply about what other people mm, like yeah any, and anybody who says they don't they care more yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i often said that i don't care what people mm. think you do you absolutely mm. do care 100%. but like we're, we're social creatures yeah like a human alone is a dead human Mm, mm, literally, yeah, yeah. Was it a? Is that very true? Isn't it? When a baby's born, if they're not held, if a baby's put into a fucking box with a blanket or something like, and never touched, did it? It's probably coming from Deepak, whatever his name is. What's his name? Um, so I don't know. Maybe t- take with a pinch of salt. They physically will die. They will die. That is true. That's amazing. Unless you like the so. I think, if I'm right, what that goes back to is basically. When when they started to get the idea of germ theory in hospitals, because like one thing that was happening in hospitals is, uh, you you'd have a surgeon doing like surgery on a cadaver or like somebody who's dying of some horrendous disease, and then they'd be like, right, just wipe their brow with their forearm and go into the maternity and start delivering babies with dead bacteria hands on them. That is grim. Okay, so that so that's kind of the background to it, right? Mm. And so then, once germ theory was starting to be um, discovered, it was wash your hands. But again, it was like these babies are so susceptible to germs that we shouldn't touch them. But then, what people started noticing is babies were just dying, Fuck. healthy babies dying. And it wasn't until the the midwives started picking them up and like treating them as a little baby and giving them love like love and affection that's that's when it started to change mm. and like you can imagine like there is something to just human touch if you go without human touch for a long time that's why hugs feel so good yeah 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 yeah. and it releases literally chemicals when you hug at someone doesn't it whatever chemicals yeah yeah it releases like um Oxytocin. Oxy, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Like the love, ho- the love chemical or the yeah. love hormone. But I think I remember even before it has to be like a ten, a more than ten seconds of a hug or something like that for that to actually come into play or something like that. It has to be a long kind of hug, I suppose. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. And it has to be consensual. <laughs> yeah. you, you can't just grab somebody and go eight, nine. No, you're gonna feel it. You're gonna feel it. Feel the love. <laughs> don't arrest me. But like, tons of people don't like being touched at all. Then, like, you often hear that. I often hear that. Do, do you know? Yeah, just casual, just oh man or something. Do you know, like, I don't, don't. I've never had someone maybe say that to me, maybe. But you often hear people. I hate when people touch me. I get really freaked out. I've definitely came across people saying that. Like, mm. so that's kind of an interesting one, actually. One or two people think they've said that are pretty fucked up. Mm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Will I throw another one at you? Throw another one, but This is an ancient Greek proverb. A society grows great when old men plant trees in whose shade they know they will never sit. I'll give it to you again. No, yeah, yeah, go on, but yeah, go on, yeah. A society grows great when old men plant trees in whose shade they know they w- shall never sit. Basically, that's about, I think, my understanding of that is uh, humans giving back, I suppose, to the world and they're going to receive nothing back for it. That's true goodness, I suppose. Destroyed it. No, is that kind of sounds a bit stupid? So you're, you're, it's about the importance of, of of giving back and not getting anything back for it. No. Mm. Yeah, but even it's a, it like, so you're talking about nearly the wider idea of like passing on like altruistic things. But this, like, even if you look at it in the context of like a society. So let's say if you look at Ireland, mm-hmm. okay. Um, the people in charge at the moment, our politicians, should be making decisions that will impact future generations. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So let's say the fact that we have a housing crisis now, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, maybe there should have been more things put in place for the issues we have now. And I know it's hard to have that foresight, but that's exactly what it's saying. Because, like, our society and our system of government is very about the now generate profit generate profit yeah. now 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 extrinsic things cars houses yeah all that yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> and th- it's just such a, a wise saying like yeah. this is this is written thousands of years ago wow wow thousands of years ago yeah wow and wow. it's it's all about how if you want a great society, you have to pay it so much forward mm. that you're never going to reap the benefits. Yeah, so I kind of said it in a basic way. That's my understanding mm. of it. Yeah, that's that's pretty much your understanding. It's just the housing crisis there. You say like, you say that oh that that's hard to plan for, but that the housing crisis that we're in at the moment is all from they reckon like from from 0708 mm. because 0708 we just stopped building mm. and now there's a massive shortage. There's no there's, there's the demand is there. There's no supply. We stopped building, but also at the time like we were building four and five bedroom houses. Whereas, yeah. maybe to solve this, we need to take away the, like let's say in Dublin, there's a, a, a limited amount of height the building can go to. Okay. That's why there's no high rises in Dublin right, compared yeah. to other big metropolitan yeah. cities. Yeah. So maybe one thing we could do is take the the the, the height um, gap off it or whatever, just or like the height law off that. Just to say that, like that, that's for Dublin anyway, like, 
try to feck on with that. Like, you, you, you need to do that now. Like, that's But as well, silly. it's like, so let's say we should have nearly moved away from building houses to building apartments in metropolitan areas mm-hmm. and building up mm-hmm. rather than sprawling out. Yeah. It's, 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 if it Again, I've listened to like one economics podcast and I think I can solve the fucking <laughs> the crisis. Like. But that's a basic one. Like, build up. Like, look at all the other cities, what they've done. Like, they've built up. You have to build up. You c- it's not manageable otherwise. Like, it's, it's again, it's shown at the moment. But I suppose, yeah. It's crazy, the old housing thing at the moment. Anyway, yeah. Really, really good quote. Really, really good okay. quote. What do you think of this one? This is a Chinese proverb. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Chinese anonymous. It is better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Mm. Better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Tell gonna fuck that up, isn't she? <laughs> I would blame you. Uh not getting that one as much. Um it's better to be warrior in the garden stay within your comfort zone or, st- or not stay within your comfort zone no sorry uh, yeah don't I can't put it into words but uh, yeah don't uh, take on something you're not capable of doing no <laughs> that's my understanding of it in a basic <laughs> way okay my reading of it would be for you in terms of your own personal security and the security of your loved ones, it's better to be a monster around safe people instead of a safe person around monsters. Mm. Mm. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. So even in terms of like self, if you take it as Mm self-defense, it's better to be able to defend yourself in a situation where most likely you will never need to defend yourselves. Okay. Then to be in a situation where you don't have that skill and you need it. Yes. Okay. All right. Very good. It's better to be a warrior in a garden mm. than a gardener in a war. Mm, mm. A warrior walking through a garden, that's fine. Yeah. A yeah. gardener in a war. Yeah. Who's going to survive longer? <laughs> 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 That'd be some reality TV show. <laughs> <laughs> Day two. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, yeah, yeah. Again, a very old one. Again, obviously, it's a yeah, Chinese oh, proverb. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Here's another banger from China. China has some serious proverbs, man. Mm. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is now. Mm. Stop fretting in the past. They can take action now. Like it's yeah. I've heard that one before, yeah. Really, really cool. Just again, yeah, just... Um, we all be like, oh, I should have done this, should have done that, should have done this, I could have done, you know, blah, 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 dwelling in the past. It's mm. like, well, the best time is... Well, the only thing you can do is now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's really... I really like that. I really, really... I remember hearing that before. Where it's really cool. It's powerful, though. It's powerful, yeah. And if, yeah. That, if that little proverb hits you at the right time, it mm. can really be very impactful. Mm. Yeah, it can get you out of a hole, I suppose. Or, uh, yeah. But yeah. it is one of those things, like, as in so many people and like myself included like you, you can get stuck in the past for some reason you're just like you just replay an event over yeah. and over and you're like why didn't I do that or oh if I was talking to that person again I would have said this or yeah, yeah, yeah. go have a conversation with the person again yeah <laughs> do you know in a sense yeah yeah but like <laughs> yeah 
Do you know? <laughs> fucking dig him in the head, man. No. Like, we've just done two Chinese proverbs there. Uh, Nigel was actually in China this year. I was indeed. Could you tell me a little bit about that trip? Um, yeah, I went over to a very good friend, Shane. Um, went over to, to his wedding. He married a lovely girl called Mung. Um, yeah, what an experience. Again, how often do you just go, let's go to Toronto. When you're ever really going to go to China, mainland China, anyway, yeah, yeah. Why were you going over specifically? Oh, sorry, I was Shane's best man. Mm. And uh, it was an area just outside of Shanghai. And uh, what an experience. Again, I was sent you there last night. I w- it was the only time in my life that we felt like celebrities. So us, whites f- us white folk going over there and genuine, I reckon a lot of people had never seen white people before. Like, And I was, what? Look, I was fascinated by that. Walking down the streets and uh, people just looking at us and stopping and looking at us stopping and pointing at us sometimes got a few pictures taken with us um it was a uh, it was a cool experience uh what a cultural difference from the outside uh, as, a, as, as a tourist coming in like i was like this is a cool system things are run really well it's the, just the structures the, the the infrastructure was amazing just everything was efficient and mm. i really really liked the place um beijing was amazing it was really cool uh, food was unreal over there. Um, somewhat picky with food, I suppose. Wouldn't be too adventurous with food, but really enjoyed the food. So pr- pleasantly su- uh, surprised by that. A lot of Chinese food. <laughs> a lot of Chinese food, Kev. Um, I think it was yeah, that was cool. That, that what was the most adventurous thing you ate? Ate. Um, again, I'm not incredibly adventurous. Some fish riddle stuff, I think. Because I haven't eaten much fish, I've only eaten like mackerel and a bit of salmon. Maybe there was some. Uh, there was a cool thing where it was just a c- cool little system where you had a fish, um, right there in front of you, not cooked, just the fish's head, and then the rest of its body all diced up, and you just pick that up. So what you do is you sit around in a table and you all have your own cooking pot. So it's just like a pot, a circular hole in the in the table, and a pot down in there and water, and you turn on a thing here, boils up the water. You start picking bits of the fish, putting it in, getting just all types of foods, beef or was, yeah, just beef there and stuff like um, something that was like beef in it. Just and you start cooking it up. So like you're chatting away, mingling, and you're cooking as well at the same time. Like you're just taking it up onto the plate, eating it, and so many courses, so many different courses of of foods, like such a variety. Again, like we're all about here, I suppose. The, the big difference there is that we go into a restaurant and you get a meal. But there it's not. It's so much different. So much different types of foods. Just all being brought in, brought in. You Can finish I ask, it in terms of the wedding, because like you've been to quite a few Irish weddings as well, mm. what were the main differences? Like, let's say if you were going over blind, what were the things that stood out? Um, well, again, so this particular wedding, there was no... Um, it wasn't... Uh, it d- obviously, the drastic differences was not church, I suppose. Like, it was that the ceremony was at our house, which was really, really nice. But... Uh, didn't Shane's dad do the... Yeah, Shane's dad did the, led the ceremony, I suppose. Like, yeah, yeah, he did all the talking. And her dad did a bit as well um, in Chinese. And uh, Was there a translator? Tr- for himself, no. No, 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 no. He was just, I think, yeah, I think they included him. So the Chinese people that didn't understand English, like her grandfather was there. That's actually a really nice moment from her granddad. Basically, she uh, walked down the aisle. Just to say, like, the ceremony was very similar to Irish. There wasn't drastic differences. Now, she is very Western as well because she's lived in England for years and years. 
but uh, she came down the aisle. She walked the truck, walked down the aisle, the infamous walk, and uh, met Shane. And then she kind of looked over her shoulder. She goes, "Granddad's not here. I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not starting this until my granddad's Shane here." Was like, like <sighs> I'm off the hook. <laughs> she's like, she kind of, where is he? And uh, she's like, oh, but he's coming out. She's like, right, we'll start when he comes. Like, she was super old, super, super old. And uh, th- I think that was really nice. It was just—it was a really kind of—it wasn't dramatic. Oh, I'm not having. You know, it was just. No, I'm waiting here until he. I wanted him to witness this, like, and he came down and really old, like, and really just yeah, wasn't very mobile. Like, so he was kind of helped and carried not carried on, but helped down. Like, I think it was a really magical moment. It was a nice moment, um, a touching moment. I think uh, everybody wants to know as well. They hear I was the best man. How was the speech? Uh, speech. Yes, I have not much experience with public speaking. Uh. It went well. Um, I went well. I got great feedback after it. I was like, yeah, all right, you're just, you have to say this to me. Like, you know, you're not going to say it was shit night. Do you know, like, but no, I got some nice moments from one or two of Shane's, one of Shane's brother in particular came up afterwards and was like, no, that was really, really well put together. Like, uh, I found her very funny and I lumped someone throat at one stage. Like, it was really good as well. It was meaningful. It was structured well. Like, and cool. yeah, I got great feedback from it. Uh, it was to 500 people. But eighty percent of them didn't ever understand a single word, and eighty uh, percent of them were talking as well. What? Just the Chinese are just mingling. Like again, do you remember like when we were in work conferences at the dinner tables, like and yeah. people talking? If there's a if it's big enough crowd, it's hard to drain out. People are going to be talking. Like and in fact, they didn't understand me anyway. So, yeah. and they didn't just start talking when I thank God. So basically, I was yeah the speech. I was worried shitless on the day. It ruined the first half. That's the three quarters of the day for me to be honest with you. That's that's been straight. That was at the forefront of my mind it was a selfish thing like isn't it crazy as well though so what the speech probably lasted less than 10 minutes I was 5 yeah 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 as soon as somebody names you best man the speech is on your mind till you do it solid 14 months isn't that crazy yeah it's crazy 10 weird. minutes for 14 months it's ridiculous it's stupid to think mm. like that why it's like it affected my year <laughs> didn't it <laughs> leading up to it like and uh but now it's look, a weird thing. No, it's an honor to be named best man. Oh. I, I did my brother's best man, yeah, and like I love doing it, and I was honored to do it and to be part of like a great day, yeah. But it's a mad thing as well. It's like y- you get to the point, I'm getting married, and you, that lad who doesn't know public speaking, you're gonna have to speak for 10 minutes in a funny, engaging way mm. to strangers at mm. my wedding. Mm. Best mm. of luck, yeah, yeah, it's a weird thing, yeah. But I suppose now. Looking back in it, like, uh, it's it's so it's such a ridiculous way of looking at it. Like, it's uh, it's understandable. It's all perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's understandable why you think that way. But n- for me personally, you know, like, if that was if I that ever happened again, and I hope it doesn't. But if that ever happened again, like, I'd look at it completely differently. Mm. So it's like I've learned from it. And no, no, learned that, but from that's, it. But that's what I'm saying as well. It's nearly like the perspective you have before you do it mm. is like. Why? Why have I been summoned to court mm. to testify mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in front of a, a group that are going to find me either guilty or innocent? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. a weird thing. Yeah. It's a weird thing in your head. Is what mm. I'm saying. Once but you do it, about great. three minutes before it, I was a mess. I had been off the fags ages, and like that day, I was hogging on the fags, like, and you could smoke indoors, like. So I just walk out of the main room and just smoking away. But uh, but three minutes before it, oh, thank God. But literally three, four minutes before it, there was other people talking. And I kind of said to myself, I goes, right now, so 80% of this room is talking. They're not even listening. So there's about five solid tables that are going to be intently listening to you. And I kind of went, wait now, I goes, do you know what? This speech here is all wrote to Shane and Mung. Do you know, it's about them and it's to them. And I'm kind of, 
to kind of like uh, whatever. So I kind of this conversation is to them. I'm talking to no one but them. And that kind of reassured me. I was like, I'm just having a conversation with them. I'm going up here right into the stage. Again, it wasn't just stand up on the fucking table and talk. I had to go up to a stage. And uh, yeah, again, just that reassured me. That calmed me. I kind of was able to just take a deep breath. I was like, cool. So actually, the last two or three minutes, it wasn't a mess. It was like probably the best I was all day, which was kind of strange and kind of cool. So yeah, went well. I'm so, I'm, yeah. And as you said, most importantly, I was very honoured to be with Shane's best man. Um, absolutely. It's a cool... It's- it's nearly it is a cool kind of rite of passage mm, mm, at mm, least mm. to do it once yeah and yeah, to be yeah. asked to do it once yeah it's very yeah. meaningful old Kev here is uh, I would love to see your one there's a video is there obviously isn't there I think they're going to get a video done oh, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to see that I, I'll I'll give imagine. you a watch yeah yeah, yeah. Um, alright we'll do one more quote before before we go mm-hmm. this is from Eddie Cantor mm, I it takes 20 years to become an overnight success. That's it. Good. It takes 20 years to become... It's not a fact. <laughs> um, this is, he isn't a scientist. I know. <laughs> peer-reviewed studies about success. <laughs> um, what do you think it means? It takes 20 years to become a success. An overnight success. Oh, sorry. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't get it. I'll read it one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes 20 years to become an overnight success. I don't really get it. I was just going to simply say, oh, yeah, it takes 20 years to put in the work and you become a success, but to become an overnight success. Okay. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You look at someone who's successful, you're thinking, Jesus, do you know, that was easy for you to get to there, like, or, or, or it was, do you know, they're lucky to have gotten here and they're so fortunate and it, but no that person has put in you what you can't see is the, the, the 20 years of work that that person has put in like yeah it's like when somebody comes to fame you look at them as nearly an iceberg and you see the top of the iceberg yeah, you don't see the body of work below it and yeah. th- and like you might you might say like oh yeah like that person had a lot of luck but like or a lot of talent a good way to look at luck as well like I'm not the first to say this is like luck is nearly when preparation meets opportunity mm-hmm. that person had to be fully prepared dedicated to their craft mm-hmm. and then when they get their chance they were able to shine but the hater in us looks at them and goes that person just struck it big and there was nothing behind it yeah you only see them when they come to the the peak yeah yeah we're afraid of the hard work mm. But yeah, just you say like uh, a sports person, oh, they're just naturally talented. Like, yeah, it's a yeah. big one, isn't it? Yeah. It's like people say, oh, they're God-given gifts. Yeah, yeah. In most cases, no, they've, as you said, put in a, a huge, stupid amount of work. Like, yeah, Even yeah. like a good example, like let's say Ronaldo has been at the top of the game for so long. And like what I love about him as well is that he was able to transition from like a top-class winger to a centre forward who barely touches the ball and still gets goals but like you look at Ronaldo when he joined United and he was stick thin 16 16 maybe 17 and around that and the size that he put on even in the gym Mm. let alone the pitch work that he would have done to get technically that good Mm. but the development physically in him was incredible yeah like the work that he put in behind the scenes and like he's just the consummate professional like just looks after himself every day mm. does the right things 
it's incredible. But then you look at him and you you like the easy thing to do is that this guy this guy was always going to be a success because of his natural God given talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the work. Like yeah. he he left home. I think it was at twelve or something and had to go play in Lisbon. So he's from Madeira, mm-hmm. an island off the coast mm-hmm. of uh, Portugal. He had to go to like a, a youth academy in Lisbon and played there, like homesick. Sacrifice completely. Massive. Yeah. yeah. It's, mm. it's a huge one. Like Remember that picture of him when he, uh, I don't know if he did it only once, maybe done it a few times, but I you know, scored some screamer of a free kick or some long range one. He just runs along and just lifts up his shorts and just points. Just pure, just shows oh, the tie. The tie, just do you know what I mean? This is work. Look, do you know what I mean? Look at the size. Do you know what I mean? Let's look, look at it like um. But yeah, yeah, yeah. When they done the the statue of him, Madeira, they should have just done it of the tie because at least the tie might have looked somewhat similar to his tie. I haven't seen this statue. I don't think it's ludicrously bad. Bad. There's no way you'd look at it and go, "That's Ronaldo." Go away. It looks like uh you know, like a shitty caricature that somebody might draw of you on a street. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, but it's not even that good of Ronaldo. Very strange. I'm surprised he hasn't got it taken down and just built it himself, or got someone to build it. Like, I know. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's again solid, solid uh, quote. Um, I forget what the quote was. <laughs> <laughs> it takes twenty years. Yeah, sorry, yeah, 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 to become yeah. an overnight right success. success. Yeah, it's a really good one. Like I didn't pick up on it at the start. Yeah, if it took me a few seconds. Like that's what's really good. Mm. Cool. All right, I'll go away and put in 20 years of work. <laughs> Should we leave it there for this morning? Well, indeed, sir. All Pleasure right. as usual. Thanks a million, Nick. No bother, Ken. Peace. <laughs>